everyone's gone for the customization right out the gate rather than using the standard or core Odoo, as we call it, out of the box. And as a result, you know, something else to customize and then they want to do something else. And then, oh, now it would be great if we did this. And as a result, you never go live with anything and you just end up in this perpetual cycle of, oh, and one more thing. Oh, and if we just did this. And the reality is for an implementation like that, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, Alavage IQ. It's very hard to pinpoint the root cause of ERP implementation failures due to the number of moving pieces involved. Some people would always blame the software vendors, while others would blame the system integrators. In reality, these factors might not contribute to the ERP implementation failures, as you would think. But one factor that has much higher chances of fighting back is the customization of the software. The more you customize, the more can of worms you'll be opening for yourself. Typically, the open source software are more customized than their commercial variants, and because of that, they also have much higher failure rate. In today's episode, our guest, Nick Foy, shares his insights on the reasons for ERP implementation and adoption failures based on his team's experience in saving Odoo implementation. He also discusses why technical teams shouldn't think of over-customizing an ERP solution just because they can. Finally, he discusses why the business analysis of each software feature and customization is equally important even when you might be buying an ERP software. Let me introduce Nick to you. Nick is the founder, CEO, and chief evangelist at Silverdale Technology. Over 30 years of experience working in business and technology consulting and leadership have led Nick to focus on democratizing ERP for effective and consistent growth. He worked at companies such as Amazon during its scale and at Capgemini as senior consultant specializing in logistics and fulfillment transformation programs. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey Nick, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me, Sam. Yeah, and it's going to be so exciting to dig into some of the stories that you have had. And we are always fascinated by growth of Odoo. So it's going to be so much fun. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so my personal story, really my background um, is that I've been working in kind of the business and technology sector now for, um, well, over 30 years, which um, makes me very, very old, I realize when I say that now. Um, but, you know, my, my first real job when I left school was uh, working for uh, Glenmorangie, which is a whiskey distillery in Scotland. You can probably tell from my, uh, from my accent. My, my job at Glenmorangie was to, 
you know, walk up and down the production yard with um, production schedules and production information. Um, and uh, I joined them in the summer. And in the summer, it was glorious. You can imagine Scotland in the summer, just being able to walk up and down the production yard was great fun. Um, and then suddenly it became winter and it was kind of not so fun anymore. And so, you know, what I started doing was figuring out ways of how could I make this easier? So actually what I did was I uh, got a couple of fax machines, but one in the production office and one on the production line. Uh, we just faxed these things backwards and forwards instead of me walking up and down. Now, you know, that was uh, a very simple solution. And fax machines, that gives, does give you an idea how old I am. Uh, but the reality was that was kind of how I started in this game 30 years ago around, yeah. you know, taking practical problems and coming up with kind of technology solutions to make it work. And that's really what I've done for the last 30 years, uh, working for uh, third-party logistics companies, manufacturing companies. Uh, I spent uh, five years working at Amazon, uh, working on um, ultra-fast delivery. So that's one and two-hour delivery. Uh, I've worked uh, in consulting as well, doing ERP uh, for quite some time. And then, of course, started um, Silverdale Technology uh, three years ago and uh, and building the company from there. So, yeah. 30 years in this uh, in this industry and in this game. Very cool. And sounds like a very exciting journey. And obviously, we are going to touch a part of that today. Uh, but before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth, Nick. Uh, so, yeah, my perspective on business growth. Well, you know, it's really interesting because... Um, I think the reality is for most businesses is that there really is a massive opportunity to grow. Um, whether you are a local business yeah. looking to go, you know, regionally or nationally, or even if you're a national business looking to go international, um, the, the reality is that, you know, I think business these days can be as big as you want it to be. And yeah. it really is about how you um, position your product to how you find new clients, how you find new ways of getting to the people who could use your product or even using your product and service in different ways to solve different problems. Um, and I don't believe there is a limit to scaling uh, a company, quite quite frankly. And, you know, even some very, very niche uh, products or services um, can be turned and used to solve another problem or to, you know, serve as a different uh, industry or segment. Um, so, you know, really, this comes down to the ability for, you know, the leadership team to have the vision and be able to carry out that vision, having the right people um, to, to make it happen. Of course, having the right backbone and systems that allows you to grow and scale without having to worry about things falling apart in the background on, you know, uh, on the accounting or manufacturing or inventory side. So having a good backbone to grow from is, uh, I think, a big part of that scaling. Yeah, could not agree more. I am definitely of the opinion that, uh, you know, execution is key for growth and growth is always going to be there for any business, any product and service. And typically people think that product and service is probably going to be the differentiator, but in general, it is going to be the execution model and the people factor that you identify. So those two are definitely key for growth. So let's dive in into some of these stories. I think that's going to be the real fun, right? So when we look at Odoo ecosystem, and you do a lot of work in the Odoo ecosystem, and I'm just fascinated, to be honest, okay, the way it has grown in last five, six years, the kind of valuation that it has received, obviously, it's a it's sort of a lesson for a lot of different ERP players in the market. 
Now, obviously, we are seeing a lot more implementation of Odoo. Some are being successful, some are not being successful. And that's with any ERP for the most part, right? So now let's talk about some of these stories where, and I don't know if you are going to be able to talk about strengths of Odoo, where it is, it really works, where it does not work. So maybe pick a story and then talk about these strengths and weaknesses and some of the trends that you are seeing where Odoo is likely to fail versus where it is going to be something. So let's, uh, you know, we, our business really is built around Odoo. That's what we are. Yep. We are, you know, we are the Odoo consulting company. That's how we brand ourselves. And that's what we focus on uh, almost, I would say, exclusively. Almost there are a couple of things we do outside of Odoo. But the reality is, is that, that, that that's our horse and we chose to ride it. The thing with um, our business is that I was actually quite surprised, in fact, about, you know, just over half of our business is what we refer to as an Odoo rescue. Okay. Um, you know, I thought when we started Silverdale that, you know, we'd be doing from scratch implementations, either getting people from, you know, QuickBooks or somewhere else onto Odoo or from, you know, from no ERP onto Odoo. That's yeah. what I thought our business really was going to be. Um, and then very quickly, it turned into something else where actually people with a lot of horror stories around, hey, we started doing Odoo ourselves, but we're not quite sure what to do next. Or hey, we're stuck on version 11, we want to get to the latest version, and we're, we're a bit stuck with that. Or in the worst cases, we've seen clients come to us with, hey, we've been working with another um, Odoo partner, and it hasn't really worked for us, and now yeah. we're, you know, we're a bit stalled. Um, can, can you guys help? And, you know, and as I say now, over half of our business is what we refer to as an Odoo rescue. Okay. Um, and if I look at, you know, a couple of specific cases of that, um, you know, we've got one customer of ours um, based down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, um, who, you know, basically spent, you know, over a year trying to implement Odoo into their business um, and it failed and it failed. And the reason, you know, what they called a fail was, you know, they spent, you know, six figures on uh, trying to get this Odoo implemented with uh, with this other partner. But the reality was they kind of got wrapped up around the axle um, around doing lots and lots of customization. And Great. that's one of the things that we see a lot, a big trend, in fact, in a lot of our Odoo rescues is that everyone's gone for the customization right out the gate um, rather than, you know, using the standard or core Odoo, as we call it, um, you know, out of the box. Um, they've really gone for customization too quickly. And as a result, um, you know, something else they customize and then they want to do something else. And then, oh, now would it be great if we did this? And as a result, you never go live with anything, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and you just end up in this perpetual cycle of, oh, and one more thing. Oh, and if we just did this. And the reality is that for an implementation like that, um, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. And that's the phrase we use a lot with our clients, right? is yes, we can do that, but it doesn't mean we should do it. And keeping keeping clients in standard Odoo or core Odoo um, is a big part of what we do as part of our implementation plans. Um, in fact, you know, we, we try and restrict um, very, very strictly the amount of customization, if any, that we do as part of our implementation phase. And 
some customers, you know, they're a bit horrified when they hear that, right? They're, you know, they they think, oh my God, my business is so different from this other person. There's no, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this without any customization. And, and the reality is, you know, certainly my perspective and having done this for a long time is that if you look across, you know, all businesses, the reality is that, you know, 80% of the transactions are exactly the same as another yeah. business. Everybody buys stuff, everybody sells stuff, everybody creates an invoice, everybody gets a payment, everybody gets vendor bills, everybody has to pay them, everyone's got bank statements they need to reconcile. And guess what? So is the business next door across the street in the next time. Everybody's doing the same thing across 80% of those transactions. And so a lot of what we do with our clients is really making sure that those core Odoo transactions, the ones I just mentioned, that actually... Do it the Odoo way, okay? I know you used to do it this way in QuickBooks or you used to do it this way in your proprietary system or your accountant's got 10 years of experience in doing it a different way in Excel. However, doing this in the core Odoo way of doing it is going to stop you from doing customization and it's going to make your implementation a lot less risky. And specifically for our client in in Georgia, that's exactly what they had done is they started, you know, customizing stuff that quite frankly – wasn't going to make a great deal of difference to their business, right? You know, the 80% of the transactions don't customize. Figure out what the 20% is that makes you, you, okay? That's what we call that, right? What is it that makes you, you? What is it about your business that makes you unique or gives you an advantage over over your competitors? Let's focus on that stuff. Let's make sure that stuff is doing exactly what it needs to do for you. And let's focus our customization efforts there instead of the 80% that, quite frankly, you shouldn't be worrying about. And that's a tough conversation, right? Um, Especially when you've got a client who spent six figures already um, trying to get over the line and still hasn't managed it. And then to have a difficult conversation that says, yeah, you know something? You're going to have to scrap all that because guess what? You don't need it. Um, and you know, yes, you're gonna have to spend some money with us, but with us, we're gonna get you live. So, hey, it's a big obstacle to get over with um, clients of ours during a rescue because um, they've already spent the money. They didn't spend it with us. They said, right, they spent it with someone else. But the reality is, they spent it, right? Yeah. Um, and so our rescues are, you know, quite high tension, high stress because we're walking into fairly high stress environments, um, and. You know, as I say, that customization, definitely a big factor in that. Um, but I would say some other big factors uh, for this client as well is things like, you know, again, focusing ERP as a IT project, right, yeah. led by an IT team yeah. um, also, you know, will doom your project to, to failure, right? Um, because the reality is, you know, only 20 to 30 percent of your project effort is going to be um, IT focused, right? The rest of your project is all business process redesign and user and change management, okay? Um, and again, something we see in our rescues and specifically for our client in Georgia was basically no time had been spent really on looking at process redesign or in getting user adoption. So guess what? Uh, when the implementation did try and, and get going, no one knew what was happening, why it was happening, what difference it was going to make to them, you know. And this is something we see quite frequently um, is the user adoption and change management just isn't there. Um, it's just a techno- technology project for a lot yep. of people. 
Um, and uh, and guess what? If someone comes to your desk uh, and starts moving your mouse to the other side of your keyboard and says, "There you go, that's how you're going to work from tomorrow," you know, then you you know you're going to rail against that. And guess what? It doesn't matter whether you're you know on the shop floor or you're in procurement or wherever that may be. Uh, whenever we start tinkering with people's workspaces, okay, including systems, you know, if you don't explain the reasons why and get them on board with that, uh, it's doomed to failure. Very interesting. So these are some very interesting insights, to be honest. And and when I looked at, and I have been, you know, reviewing Odoo for a very long time myself, and it's definitely uh, slightly different from what you would hear in the ERP community. Uh, from the pitch perspective, from the positioning perspective, they started, you know, positioning themselves as open source. And that's what lured a lot of IT people that, okay, this is my toy that I'm going to play with. But the problem with that approach is the developers, they don't really understand how finance works, to be honest, not from the functional perspective, okay? I'm talking about budgeting a project, you know, right. budgeting a project and, 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 and accounting for that, okay, you are investing your time, you, this may be your internal time, but actually that cost company money. Okay, so that is something I don't think the IT people and the developers uh, do. They, they really get that, 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 that piece. So that's the fundamental disconnect in my head overall. So when I look at these things as customizations, obviously for them, it's a very exciting project because they are solving complex problems. It's good for them. But is it really good for the company uh, is going to be a question because companies, if you look at manufacturing, retail, distribution, they're super tight on margins. They don't have like millions and millions of dollars where they can experiment like tech companies or media companies or publishing companies, right? So in this particular space, obviously the margins are very tight. So let's go back to the customizations that you were talking about. So can you provide some examples of the customizations? Let's say if my listeners are not really familiar are where the customization is going to be needed, where it is not going to be needed. So in your case, where which were the customizations that these guys had made that you had to completely throw away because they were just too much to maintain or too much to to sort of even develop further to to make it live, right? You could not even go live. So give us some examples of the customizations that you saw that were true red flag for you. Yeah, so some of the customization that we see um, quite frequently, in fact, and and again specifically for this client um, that, that we had was was things around you know uh, generating lots and lots of additional records, right? When they just simply weren't required, right? So, for example, um, you know, when confirming a sales order, for example, um, okay. that then it creates all sorts of things around the system. Things like creating new bills of material, creating new variants of products, um, creating you know new work centers, create you know, and they, you know, you you can imagine this when you demo this um, as a one-off, right? Yeah. Oh, here's a sales order comes in, you do this, you do this. Oh, great, it's all fine, right? And it makes sense when you look at it as a one-for-one, one, right? One right. sales order comes in, this is what it does. Okay, but hang on, how many sales orders do you get a day? Well, we get 100 sales orders a day. Oh, so you're going to generate 600 tasks every single day in your project system. Is that really what you want to do? Oh, no, we didn't think of that. Okay, right. Because that's what's going to happen when you start using this in the real world. So that, that's kind of one, one example of, you know, people just not thinking in the real world, right? Um, being able to say, well, hang on a minute, how does this scale? How does this really work? Yeah. When a user is sitting in front of this thing, my goodness, I've got to press that button 600 times to get rid of it, right? Um, that, that's that's not really good use of my time. This thing's supposed to make my life easier. Um, so that's one example. Other things we've seen as well is, 
you know, Odoo has a very robust um, accounting system that helps you to reconcile payments against, you know, invoices um, and against, say, uh, customer credits. But again, we've seen clients who want to do things like, hey, I don't want to reconcile a credit against an invoice. I want to do it as part of a bank reconciliation, for example. Now, you know, again, this is a development that we've come across um, that, again, we decided, no, you know something, this is not required. You know, yeah. this is a business process change of you going into an invoice, assigning a credit to it, and then marking it as paid, right? And and it's just because, hey, the accountant that was in the company hadn't done it that way before. They'd done it a different way for 10 years in QuickBooks. And, you know, I, I, they they wanted to turn Odoo accounting into QuickBooks, okay? Because guess what? That's what they were used to, right? So, oh, um, and, and, you know, and, if, and if we'd continued, guess what? Odoo accounting would look exactly like QuickBooks accounting. Um, but, and it would have done exactly the same thing at the end. It would have done a P&L and a balance sheet. Yes, of course it would. But the reality is actually Odoo does it in a different way in standard. And when, when we show the user, hey, this is how Odoo does it. Let's take a look at it and walk through some examples with you. The reality is the user says, oh, actually, I think that's slightly easier than how, it's, how I used to do it. Oh, great. Yeah, what happened was it got hold of a, a developer, got hold of it and started developing the hell out of it, right? Um, and if you've got a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail, right? Exactly. And if you've got a team of developers and you come up with a problem, guess what? They're going to develop their way out of it, right? Exactly. And, you know, we, we, we have uh, a team of developers, okay? We have a great team of developers. Some, I would say some of the best out there. Uh, and we spent a long time hiring them. But I've got twice as many business analysts and consultants than I do developers, specifically because um, I'm a business analyst job is to stop work getting through to developers. That's what they're there for, right? Yep. Um, yep. And unfortunately, that's not very common. A lot of companies make a lot of money out of customization when, quite frankly, it just isn't required. Um, and it's not just the cost of doing it first time. It's the cost of maintaining it, right? Yep. Um, yep. You know, when Odoo pushes an update, oh, now we've got to change our customization again and maintain it. Oh, we're going to do an upgrade. Oh, now I've got to up, update all my customization again. But people don't think long term about the impact of that customization. Yep. So very interesting. And by the way, I like the way you are thinking here in terms of the role of those business analysts. And if you look at the traditional uh, software development team, in fact, let's say if you go to your tech counterparts that are doing the actual product development, including Odoo, okay, they are going to have the product owners. They are going to have solution architect as part of the team. And anytime you are going to make any changes to either data model or to the product, there is a process to it. You don't just make random changes to the product because IT systems are not designed to be like, okay, you can customize whatever you want and then we'll figure it out. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It requires a very controlled process. The way you are going to manufacture or the way you are going to construct for IT system, it's no different as such. So now going back to the Odoo's pitch and Odoo likes to claim overall from the corporate positioning perspective. And I have heard this from directly from the CEO itself, okay? They seem to think that Odoo can work in any situation, okay? I believe that, okay, doing this for roughly 20 years, I've seen a lot of different ERP systems in my life, and I don't have an ERP system that can work for every business. The ERP systems are not supposed to work that way, okay? So every ERP system has a data model. A data model is designed from a specific perspective. If you are going to overstretch that data model, it's probably going to fail, and that's probably what you are seeing here, right? So let's say if we try to identify the positioning of Odoo, 
and I have analyzed Odoo data model very deeply where it is going to be fed, where it's not going to be a fed, and what it has compared to some of the other ERP systems. So Odoo has very specific position in the market. It's just that the uh, you know Odoo corporate team is not mentioning that, and probably that is the reason why it's resulting in all of these failures. So let's say if you were to identify the core positioning of Odoo, where you are going to think that the businesses are going to be successful in Odoo's way, okay? Because the data model is going to be Odoo's. <laughs> it's not going to be anybody else's. So how would you describe the core positioning? Which businesses are going to be fit and which businesses are not going to be fit? Okay, so, you, you're, so you're, um, you're trying to get me in trouble now. With, uh, <laughs> Sorry. With you. So, uh, <laughs> so we, you know, um, I, I, uh, I, I like being an Odoo partner. Uh, let me just say that right up front. However, you're, you're absolutely right though, Sam, right? That the, you know, if you try to be kind of jack of all trades, the, you, you'd be master of none. And, you know, and yes, Odoo does position itself as, you know, can be used in any industry, but clearly it's better suited to some than, than others. Yeah. And what, I, what my experience, um, I would certainly say that manufacturing, absolutely, um, Odoo started really back in manufacturing days. And if yep. you're doing light manufacturing, I would yep. say, yes, a uh, very good solution for that. I would also say as well um, for specifically really for B2B um, distribution and logistics, again, very good for that if you're processing in a B2B yeah. sense. Um, does process very well in a B2C environment as well. However, what you tend to find with Odoo, and this is general, this is not just about B2C or B2B, but yeah. what I, what, the, the way I kind of talk to clients about this uh, and explain Odoo versus other systems is the big benefit of Odoo to most businesses is that everything's all in one place. Now, if, for example, um, you know, email marketing is a core part of your business, doesn't matter what business you're in, right? But if email marketing is a huge part of your business and you're using, for example, a constant contact yeah. um, as your email marketing tool, right? If you come to Odoo and go look at Odoo email marketing and marketing automation, you're not going to find all the bells and whistles and all the options and all the functionality that exists in constant contact. It's not going to be there. Okay. And you're going to be pretty disappointed if you start doing a feature comparison between constant contact and, and Odoo. Okay. And, and the same, if you start looking at things like Salesforce, for example, and CRM, again, you do a feature comparison between Odoo and Salesforce, you're going to get pretty disappointed, but that's not the point of Odoo. Okay. The big point of Odoo is that, your CRM and your contacts and your email marketing and your marketing automation and your sales and your quotations and your invoicing and your manufacturing are all in one place. Now, that to me, the advantage of that outweighs any differential in the feature list. Okay. And when we start talking to clients about, hey, does Odoo do this? Does it do that? Does it do the other? Nope, doesn't do that. Nope, doesn't do that. But hey, we could do some customization, but nope, doesn't do that. And they go, well, okay, well, why would I choose Odoo? It's okay. Well, can constant contact do manufacturing? No, right? <laughs> can, you know, can SurveyMonkey um, manage your accounting? No, yeah. okay. And so guess what? If you start picking and choosing these best and breed, okay, um, solutions out there, and you've got to cobble this together to manage your business, be ready to spend probably 10x in cost. Be ready to have 20 different logins. Get ready to have so many different subscriptions. Get ready to have to train people every single time something happens in one of these systems. Okay. Get ready to manage all that. And that, quite honestly, for a lot of small, medium-sized enterprises, 
Yeah. The complexity in managing these best and breed systems and managing the data between them is, is in my opinion, Odoo far outweighs, uh, the benefit of Odoo far outweighs um, the cost to someone of doing all those things. So, so it's not a, it, for me, it's not about deep feature set comparison. Uh, you know, you can compare any best and breed, best of breed system to Odoo and it's going to have more features. I, I'm absolutely upfront about that. But what you're really going to struggle with is that interconnected nature of Odoo, yeah. a single view of your customer, for example, from everything from quotations to meetings to help desk tickets to sales to outstanding balances. You know, you cannot beat that um, in Odoo in any other system, in, in, in my in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Well, first off, by the way, uh, thank you so much for taking the bullet for the Odoo community. I mean, that's commendable. <laughs> not not everybody is willing to do that. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> but on the same note, I completely agree with your assessment. OK, and this is what I personally like to recommend to, to customers. If they are going to be on, let's say, QuickBooks, they are going to get far superior value on Odoo because you have the collection of apps that are going to be interconnected, integrated. There's no question about that. But here's the challenge with Odoo's positioning again. And I am trying to challenge that a little, little bit because, you know, Odoo is going to claim that, you know what, I can be a replacement for SAP. Okay, I can be a replacement for Epicore Info. Now, when you look at the existing data model, when you are talking about sales and marketing aspect, okay, as long as it is not touching my dollar, you can customize the heck out of it. I don't care. Okay. If you are talking about customizing your CRM, do whatever you want. Once you have the order, once you have dollar sign printed on the order, okay, then the seriousness starts in the ERP workflow. And that's where my uh, you know, problem is going to be in terms of the data integrity of the transaction. Do I have financial control on my inventory? Do I have clear picture of my inventory? So accounting is great. Sales is great. But what are really matters for me as the manufacturer or the distributor or the retailer is going to be that core operations, whether that is going to be interconnected and am I going to get the real insight in my costing, in my inventory, and am I able to schedule all of that uh, or not? So now if you are uh, you know, doing this for, let's say, $5 million shop, okay, Odoo is going to be amazing. No questions there. Okay, I will blindly recommend Odoo. But now question to you is going to be, let's say if you are doing this for the $50 million shop, okay? And they are going to have far more complex workflows and we have analyzed Odoo data model at far deeper level. Odoo's play is really that QuickBooks replacement. That's what Odoo is really designed for, okay? It does not, the data model is, is, is not going to be as rich as, let's say, Acumatica NetSuite because they are designed for far more sophisticated business in terms of getting the inventory insight, in terms of getting the costing, in terms of doing manufacturing. Do you agree with this assessment? Have you seen any sort of challenges in this space as well? Do you see that, you know, it is successful in these patches as well? Yeah, I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, you know, Sam, I would say, I, I would say, and certainly again, in my experience, um, you know, if you look at, you know, the $5 million business, I think it's a good number to use, right? Um, yeah. You're right. I think that's right in Odoo's sweet spot, uh, without shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a good number to pick. Does that mean that Odoo uh, won't work for you if you're bigger than that, get $50 million business? Absolutely not. Uh, Odoo will work at that size and scale as well. And, you know, I, I tell you, we have one of our clients, in fact, who's grown through acquisition, mainly um, up to that sort of number, right? And not only have they grown through acquisition using Odoo to manage the core business and integrating new businesses as part of mergers and acquisitions into Odoo as in a, a multi-company setup, yeah. Um, but they've also taken that company public as well. 
yeah. um, again, using Odoo. Um, so, you know, I, I, certainly I would say kind of the dollar value of a company doesn't really make a difference of whether your ERP was going to work for you or not. Um, you know, one, one, of the, one of the things I would say that is probably a, be, a better indicator, um, at least in my book, is really about the maturity of the business. Okay. Yeah. Um, and really what I mean by that is the maturity of um, and discipline of the internal business processes. Okay. Odoo really does rely on a very strong, mature business process. Okay. And if you're not uh, very disciplined in how you do things, okay. So if someone, you know, is used to just taking a sales order on a scrap of paper and somehow it's going to get to inventory and someone's going to ship it at some point tomorrow, right? Yeah. If that's how you run your business, Odoo is never going to work for you, right? Um, and probably no, no ERP is really going to work for you, right? Yeah. It's quite unforgiving, okay, of bad business process, okay? You can always catch up, but the reality is that, you know, if you haven't got a good, strong business process and the discipline to operate to it, um, then, um, you know, Odoo is probably not a good fit for you. And, we, and we've, you know, we've actually said to customers, actually, we don't think you should uh, implement Odoo. You're not ready, okay? You need to go work on some business process work first. Um, once we've done that, then we'll come and take a look at because if we if we bolt um, Odoo um, on top of a business that doesn't have a good process, it's just complete chaos. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> no one no one can get anything done. Um, you know, why can't I get a P&L? Well, hang on a minute. You can't get a P&L because you haven't got any invoices. You haven't got the invoice. You get no sales orders. You get no sales orders. You get no quotations. Get, let's get that bit right first. And then yeah, we've got yeah. a, a half decent chance of getting a P&L. Right. So one of the things that, again, you know, customization, when I look at the customization, obviously, when we talk to the people in the community, then they are always going to think that. And especially on, on your comment, when you said that, you know, Odoo is very unforgiving. So is SAP. SAP is very unforgiving oh. as well. And people don't Absolutely. like SAP because they are going to feel, you know what, SAP is really unforgiving. I don't want to implement SAP. I want to go for something like QuickBooks or Odoo because I don't have to follow as many rules. But I don't think this is really SAP problem. This is going to be business process problem. This is going to be ERP problem. You have to organize yourself before you are going to be ready for an ERP. And I think you are agreeing that you should not be customizing. And in fact, Amici, companies should not be pitching for customization. Just because your business process is broken, first you need to fix your business process and organize yourself before you incorporate the the ERP, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, Sam. I I couldn't put it better. I think, you know, we... Um, we've spent a lot of time and effort uh, in our business on, you know, working out what are the core business processes that work within Odoo. So we have a pre-existing business process library, for example, um, that covers, I think we're up to like uh, over 200 um, business processes now, everything from creating a sales quotation to creating a new customer to, you know, generating a bill of material to, you know, uh, reconciling your bank accounts, right? We've got over 200 of those business processes written and in, you know, in lucid chart and ready to go, right? And we know that every single one of those standard business processes works in standard Odoo, okay? So when we go speak to a client, and a lot of our clients, quite honestly, we get there and we say, great, do you have any sort of written business process? Ah, no, okay? Best case scenario is they're honest and say, no, they don't have it. Worst case scenario is they say, oh yeah, we have business processes and, you know, and then they kind of dust off, um, you know, a floppy disk from 1985. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at, 
you know, new new clients, we spend a lot of time saying, okay, here's, you know, we take a very different approach to some of our competitors, okay? Yeah. And that for a lot of these businesses, we're not going in saying, show us how you do it today, okay? Quite frankly, I couldn't care less about that, okay? But how you do it today, especially yeah. if it's one of the 80% of business processes that is the same as the business next door. Now, I will tell you how Standard Odoo does Korean invoices and bank reconciliations. Now, you tell me why you can't do it like that. Exactly. Tell me why that won't work for you. Because yep. if that won't work for you, we're going into a whole world of pain around customization. However, exactly. if you can change your business process to match this, you will stay in Standard Odoo and you will have a lot less pain and effort in the long term. And we found that approach very, very successful. A lot of businesses come to us and quite frankly, they don't have um, very set business processes, or if they do, they're actually very open to being challenged on those processes and to adopting something new. Because again, in the, you know, again, more than half of our businesses um, is a rescue. And so guess what? There are quite often our uh, customers are desperate to say, how does Odoo do this? Because we, we can't get it to work. And so yeah. by giving them a business process that works in Odoo without customization, and getting that adopted in the business is a much better recipe for success. And are you seeing any specific trends overall in terms of the industries or any size of the businesses? So let's say you are seeing that 50% of the projects that you are doing right now are going to be the rescue projects. And I don't know what is that number. I don't know if it is 20, 50 or whatever. You know? So let's say if we were to segment this. In that, what is the 90% of the sample? Uh, is it feeling primarily in distribution, manufacturing? Do you have any sort of revenue number there? Do you have any specific team size? So give me some variables overall in terms of where you see the most failures. Yeah. So we're so I would say probably about eighty percent of our business right now is coming from companies um, from between twenty five and two hundred and fifty employees. Okay. Um, that seems to be uh, a big sweet spot uh, right now, and that's because you know companies are growing and scaling. Um, and they get to a point which seems to be about 25 employees in our experience yep. when things start getting really difficult and when things aren't quite working and people aren't communicating really well and things get stuck in uh, inboxes and, you know, it starts becoming a bit of a challenge for the leadership team, whether it's the owner, founder, CFO, to then really grow the business to the next stage, right? Yeah. Um, so we've, we've, we certainly find there is a plateau there. That's when people tend to reach out to us and say, okay, how can we fix this? How can we get to the next level? Um, and it's normally around that 25 employee mark. Um, I would say that I would say probably 80% of our new clients are at that point uh, where they really are do want to scale, but they can't quite get there uh, with the systems and processes that they have today. So, so yeah, I say 25 to 250 employees is is a uh, is a definite. You know, 80% of our business is in that space. Over 250 employees, what we find is that those companies tend to want to um, customize everything. <laughs> so, um, you know, oh, we're far too big to use out the box that we do. We're far too big to do it in the standard way. We're going to find our fancy way of doing it. And so we tend to find we have a lot less success um, with companies over that size, simply because, you know, they, they want to do it their own way. And quite frankly, our model, you know, our business model doesn't, doesn't jive with that. Um, you know, we're, we're we're up for working with companies towards the lower end of that 25 to 250 who are willing to listen and adopt new processes that, that we're, we're coming up with. We're, you know, we're not, 
we're not exactly uh, kind of backward and coming forward and challenging our clients on uh, changing their process to, to match or do. So, um, you know, we can be pretty forceful when we need to. And quite frankly, some of our clients really need that. Um, and they're specifically looking to us um, to provide not just guidance, but actually real clear direction um, on what they should be doing next. So, um, but the other thing I've noticed as well, Sam, is um, I'm definitely seeing a trend probably in the last, even just in the last six months, I would say, yep. Um, I'm seeing a lot of inquiries from even smaller businesses now who are quite honestly, kind of a lot of the, what we get is, oh my God, I'm so fed up of having 10 different logins, right? I'm fed up of this, not talking to that. And I'm fed up of using Excel. I'm fed up of copy pasting. I'm fed up of losing information. So we're seeing a lot of kind of smaller companies in a kind of startup phase yeah. um, who are, I would say, kind of getting ahead of the game and knowing that, hey, we don't fix this now. We're never going to have time to fix this in a year's time when we are 25 employees. So we're seeing a lot of inquiries from companies actually smaller than that who are trying to get ahead and, and get ready for growth, which is I think is a great trend. Yeah. So I was actually talking about the, the failure rate overall, where you are seeing the trend for failure. I don't know if it is going to be a specific industry where Uru is failing more because, you know, people are trying to customize a lot more and then somehow it's failing. So do you have any trend? In terms of the failure, where Odoo is really failing. In some industries, I mean, if they are going to be really straightforward, then probably it's going to work. I mean, what can you do overall yeah. in terms of Odoo, right? So do you have any specific trend of failure? Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's, that's a great question. I understand the question now. So I, what I would say is what, what we certainly, if I look at our Odoo rescue business, right, where we get a lot of business through our rescues is yeah. in the B2B space, the distribution and manufacturing. Okay. Now, is that now what I would say though is that a failure of Odoo and functionality? Probably not, yeah. uh, quite honestly. But we yeah. see a lot of rescues from that industry, and the reason why I think is because a lot of implementers don't physically go to the client site and see what's actually going on. Right? right. A lot of people try and do this remote, 100% remotely, and in those physical businesses with a warehouse, with a manufacturing floor, okay, yeah. with a showroom, with a with a um, with a repair shop, okay, or with field service fans. Unless you physically see this stuff yeah. and interact with the people who are doing it every day, though those industries really struggle with implementing Odoo because of that. Uh, as I say, I don't think it's a technical failure yeah. um, from a system perspective. It's much more, I would say, kind of a user adoption and change management failure. And that, you said it right at the start um, of the, the podcast, that Odoo, you know, what clearly was marketed and still is um, as open source. So guess what? We attract a lot of technical people who yeah. want to customize Odoo, right? And, we exactly. were, and, we're, and we're a very technical industry within the Odoo implementer base, right? Very technical. Right. Yeah. We've got you know, Python developers who are CEOs of uh, Odoo partners. Right. And what we don't have enough of. Right. Is Odoo partners with CEOs who come from manufacturing or distribution or business background. Right. Um, and that, I think, is why we see a lot of those people coming gravitating towards the likes of the likes of Silverdale. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned, and that is really key in this conversation, B2B versus B2C. So obviously, one of the reasons could be that if you have not seen the manufacturing, or the distribution facility, it's very likely that you are going to probably implement in a way that is probably 
not going to work for the users. But there is another distinction in B2B versus B2C. That's going to be the richness of the data model. Okay, so B2B data model is, is far more complex. The way your processes are going to be, you know, it's going to require far deeper functionality, uh, you know, from the B2B perspective. B2C is going to be, it's going to have a lot of volume. In the size of businesses that you are dealing, you are not dealing with millions of clients. Okay, probably developers can can fix the problem of million of projects and very easily because they sort of have the technical capabilities. So that's probably the reason why you are not seeing a lot of these problems in the B two C space. And I don't know if the data model. In my mind, when I look at the Odoo data model, I would not feel comfortable positioning it to a very deep B two B either manufacturing or the distribution businesses if their transaction wrap is going to be very complex. Uh, their inventory processes are going to be very complex. So I don't know if that is also a factor along with the implementation experience. Um, I, would, I wouldn't have said so, Sam. I think we, you know, we, we do have um, some very big B2B clients um, and who do have fairly complex manufacturing, you know, sub-bills of material with component uh, postponement, things like that, right? We, 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 we do have some clients, like we also have some clients who operate in the B2B space on product repair and refurbishment, things like that as well, right? Um, and uh, I, what I would say is in a lot of those cases, yes, there does need to be some customization, okay, um, specific to those industries. There's a lot of nuance within now once you get into the detail. Um, yeah. But, but our, our, certainly our big B2B manufacturing clients, um, you know, operate pretty successfully um, on, on Odoo, quite honestly. And, and again, it's not, again, this is, tends not to be a technical failure. It's a failure of adoption. Yeah. Um, that, that we see in that space is much more prevalent. On the B2C side as well, um, you know, we do have some big B2C clients who are doing thousands of transactions, you know, some tens of thousand transactions um, every day. And, you know, on the, certainly on the B2C side, getting it from the website and getting it to, a, uh, to an order to fulfill certainly is a, is a very quick and easy process within Odoo. Uh, and I, and I, I, I can think of at least three um, BDC clients right at the top of my head um, who we've worked with just in the last probably last week or so, in yeah. fact, um, on either upgrades or improvements to the BDC process. So, um, and so I think I think Odoo does a good job in both B2B and BDC. Um, and, but I, well, again, on the B2B side, uh, it tends to be much more a failure of implementation and, and adoption rather than technical. Amazing insight. So that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing advice for our listeners? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, bear that in mind whenever you're looking at customization. Uh, the answer is always no, unless there's a, a really good reason why, why the answer is yes. And thanks for being brave with the, that massive advice. And that's probably going to be my personal takeaway as well, that you know ERP systems are designed to streamline your processes. So focus on your business and the processes first. Don't focus on technical implementation. You are not going to go anywhere just because you have the rocket science in your ERP. On that note, I want to thank uh, you for your time, Nick. This has been a powerful episode. Thank you. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Nick, head over to silverdaletech.com. It's S-I-L-V-E-R. D-A-L-E-T-E-C-H dot com. You can also connect with and follow him on LinkedIn. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Brian Somer, who discusses why ERP systems and 
artificial accounting practices need to change with time. Also, the interview with Andy Pratico, who discusses why ERP demos are designed to deceive and why ERP salespeople are more incentivized to sell their products than the success of their customers. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.